Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. The letters merge to create Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that, like it, it kind of goes like. <laughs> Brother, brother, brother. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look, it's over! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Fine art, that is. It's the Colts Harley Classic Nitro Review. This is where we go back, way back to the first Monday Night Wrestling War. The you know, Halcyon days of 1995. Uh, where the biggest worry I had was, did I feed me Tamagotchi? Is Ace Combat worth buying, or should I just stick with Wipeout? Why isn't Donkey Kong in Donkey Kong Country 2? Why isn't anybody buying the Sega Saturn? I don't think Pierce Brosnan's <laughs> going to be a very good James Bond. And other questions. Mr. That we Frosty, asking. that's so 1994. What you need now is Big Big Loader. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good reference. I bought my nephew for Christmas. The first time I got to see my nephew mm. this week since Christmas. And uh, I bought my nephew a Mr. Frosty because. It still exists? Yeah. What? Gone for my nephew. Because I didn't want him to go through the same trauma that I went I through. I bet it actually works now, though. Yeah, and, and it's 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 still a bit crap. Oh, that's all right. Then. But the, the joy works. of Mr. Frosty was that it was shit. Yeah, it was shit. Your shines. parents would pay out the arse for it, and it would maybe make two ice cubes. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you, you, it's ice cubes covered in squash. That's yeah. what you're making. Like syrupy ice. Mm. Yeah. You, you crank <laughs> his head to make it happen. So that's where the magic is with Mr. Frosty. <laughs> it's, it's where all the razor blades are. <laughs> it's where you know all what? the sharp cogs. It really is. It's and like I, ice picks, right? And I worry, and it's just dawning on me that I gave that to a three year old. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, his dad will keep an eye on him. Yeah. Might keep an eye on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who be we, by the way? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, and I am with the WCW kid of the Cultaholic HQ. It is, of course, Sam Driver. Hello. Uh, the Sam Driver on Twitter, not less defined anymore. Yes. Uh, how's your eye? Uh, yeah, I've got to, just so everybody knows, just in case we have to stop the recording again. Full my eye is, uh, is acting up. I think I had something trapped in it, but I think it scratched my eye, and now around my iris is just, like, red. Yeah. Uh, and we started recording 
before and Tom was like, your eyes swelling up. <laughs> so if worst comes to worst, I do have an eye patch. I can hide the ugly, disgusting protrusion from my face. But we're going to wait and see if I start just openly weeping again like I was before, just from one side of my w face. Would it help? I'm just thinking because the light is shining. There's the a studio light right too there. too bad. It, it's more just like a gristly feeling, but there's okay. nothing in there. I've like flushed it out like multiple yeah. times. So. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's a bit unpleasant. That it's was just grim. Was Ma that, not unpleasant. It was Matthew Gregg dinging me. I'm blaming you, listener. <laughs> you listening to this right now. Yeah, you. It's probably you, your It's fault. your fault. That's right. Just you specifically, not the lot. You, you listening to me right Just now? You in your listening device. And yeah. Put your hand, take your hand out your trousers. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I know it's late, and I know no one's watching, but I, see <laughs> I know that we're fiercely sexual. Oh, I see you. I know how you listen to this, you monster. <laughs> this is a stop wanking PSA from Tom Campbell. <laughs> the only snake I play with is Damien. Stop wanking. <laughs> Those are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> the uh, the anti-masturbation PSAs that were faked, sadly. Yes. Uh, that were put out by WWF. They're fake ones. Uh, do search them out. I'm I'm glad we're what two <laughs> minutes in. Already already brought wanking. Ron wanking. Yeah. So the only way is is up. Yeah, so if you're new time wanking. listener, this is pretty much all we do. Oh, so. yeah, if you're new, <laughs> this, is, I, I, this is not a jumping on point. I mean, good luck if it is. We're going to go back to 1995 to Monday Nitro. We're watching week by week until... This entire year is a jumping on point. <laughs> you know what? This is, it's, it's another weird episode. It's less weird, actually. Yeah, there's some actual wrestling on it. They actually bother yeah. to do wrestling. They're forced to do wrestling this yeah. week for reasons we'll get into. But let's look at last week's Nitro rating. Raw scoring 2.6. Nitro, 2.0. Well, that's just not going to fly, is it, Eric, you prick? <laughs> I was all sat here ready to tear off my shirt and reveal the WCW logo painted you know, on my chest. Raw logos in the bit. Not happening now, Eric. Nope. Not happening, Eric. They just weren't bited on the interactive night. I'm ashamed. I'm surprised. I'm just no. This is this is the end. <laughs> How can we come back from that, Moff? <laughs> they've got a plan. Thankfully, they've got a they've got a hot shot of a plan. Well, more on that in a I little bit. I don't buy it. They can't go up against the might of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> Why even bother? The revolutionary leader in sports entertainment. Uh, they're going up against... For 50 years. This is the first time in the Monday Night War that yeah. this week both shows are taped. Because Raw is in the can. Right. And it has been for a little bit. For three months. For three <laughs> whole months. And Nitro is in the can this week as well. If for good Jacksonville, reason. Jacksonville, Florida we're at. We're back again in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, we are in... Everybody's favourite. 13th of November. That's where all the wrestling is now. 13th yeah. of November, 1995. In the UK box office this week. To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar, still number one. Yeah. Still haven't seen it. No. Uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Comes, number one in the US box office. When Nature Comes. When Nature that, Calls. I was about to say, who's that a bit We're of back a, on a, again, a, a fucking blue Ace Ventura <laughs> film? <laughs> We're back on wanking. The bloke who comes around with the fruit van with all of his dodgy tapes. <laughs> Where did you live? <laughs> did you not have a fruit man with dodgy tapes? No. We had an ice cream man with dodgy tapes as well. He'd sell like, um, he'd sell like, uh, cop, like, counterfeit Disney tapes and shit. So you'd get it come with like the holographic stick. It would look real, but it'd be like, oh yeah, uh, three for a fiver. I had a sandwich man that had dodgy videos. Yeah, there was a fruit man came a around in this man. giant truck. Like it was fucking <laughs> Shaped like a gargantuan. Strawberry. It was like a moving truck. And you'd, uh, he'd like open the back and inside he'd set up like scales and stuff. So he'd like go park up somewhere for a bit. 
open the back and then take the lids off of all the drums of fruit and shit. And then he'd have his own little till just kind of built into the back of it. And he'd just sit in it like it was a shop. So then you go... But then under the till, he'd, he'd have, you know, all of your, uh, your knockoff Disney films and shit. So you go, can I have um, a, punnet of, a punnet of strawberries, uh, a bunch of bananas, and Predator 2? <laughs> Basically, yeah. But we, uh, we, you know, he also sold pea pods, fresh pea pods with a boy. Oh. Absolute boy. Love when you pop them open and go, peas. <laughs> He had a very, a very nice upbringing you seem to have in the near area yeah. where a fruit <laughs> and veg man came round. Yeah. That's <laughs> very nice. Um, in the movie world, GoldenEye is out tonight, November 13th, 1995. Seen Bean getting his big shot. First outing of Seen Bean in a, in a Bond film. And Pierce Brohan. Yes, uh, Brosnan. You know, for the Brosnan films themselves are super cheesy. Mm. Uh, they're full of, you know, the gadgets and shit. And like, while that's a big part of Bond, uh, I'm more into, you know, I really enjoy the realistic Bond with kind of realistic gadgets. Uh, but at the same time, Piers Brosnan will always be my childhood Bond. So I can't, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies is just one of my favorites forever. When you say realistic gadgets... Like, you know, Daniel Craig, it's not like he is. Like, you know, when you, you go back to some of the Bond films, it's like, here's a laser pen that can cut through precisely three inches of reinforced glass <laughs> right. underwater while you're being mobbed by sharks with lasers attached to them. <laughs> and you're like, what possible situation could arise in which I'm going to use? And then later on in the film, he's, you know, trapped in a submarine, escaping as laser <laughs> sharks are trying to eat him. And there's three inches of reinforced glass and it says it on the glass and he's like... <gasps> <laughs> So if it had been three and a half inches, you'd be like, well, well I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> or he'd have to try and fuck his way out the last half. <laughs> I can fuck through the last, I can fuck through the last part of this wall. <laughs> but I like, you know, I like more realistic uh, Bond. I like, you know, a pocket watch that does first time we return, saw Daniel Craig, he gets, he gets the shit kicked out of him. And it's like, Bond doesn't get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, die another day. Yeah, it's like looking God, back at Timothy Dalton and stuff. Timothy Dalton's Bond. Love Timothy Dalton's Bond. Mm. But because he's like busting, you know, fucking drug smugglers and shit. And it's realistic. And I quite like that. But at the same time, you know, Goldfinger's banging. The Brosnan films are cheesy as fuck and banging. I love them. Like, it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, but nice. Goldeneye, Goldeneye is just, mwah, just uh, chef's kiss. It's out, well, it's out tonight. We'll see if it makes the number one box off in the US next week. Well, spoiler, it does. Um, <laughs> of I course it doesn't. Who's going to watch that shot? <laughs> I believe slash up on the roof from Robson and Jerome. Still number one in the UK. Of course. Uh, Mariah Carey Fantasy, still number one in the US. Okay. Queen have released their final studio album. Oh, is that the the one with like the green cover? Made in Heaven. Yeah. Uh, it includes contributions from all the original members following the death of Freddie Mercury. Yeah. 20 million copies are sold worldwide. In Doesn't its surprise week. me. Uh, now, one of the tracks from it, I remember one of the tracks, it's gorgeous. It's called Heaven for Everyone. Yeah. This could be heaven oh, for yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the story behind it's amazing because it was originally apparently going to be... Ultimate uh, Warriors theme, everybody. It's going to be <laughs> the Ultimate Warriors theme. It's going to run out slowly. <laughs> Um, it was uh, written with Joan Armour Trading in mind to sing it. Oh, who, shit. Who did the most mental song in the history of music called Drop the Pilot. Yes. Drop the Pilot, Try My Balloon, Drop the Monkey, <laughs> Smell My Perfume. It's great. Um, but she, it was her in mind to sing it. Then one day, Freddie Mercury popped over to the recording studio, have a couple of drinkies, and then said, oh, I think I know how you should sing this bit. And I think I know how you should sing this bit. Just for a bit of banter, he went in, recorded the vocals. Well, if you like it so fucking much, what are you why doing? are you going to fucking do it? Showing me, I'm Joan Armitrading, you <laughs> cunt. Fucking telling me what to do. And he went, Freddie all right, Mercury, I will. Who the fuck are you? 
Nobody's heard of you or your band. Get out. Try my balloon. Try me fucking balloon. Well, I'll record it then. See how, <laughs> see how you like it. <laughs> Freddy. Can you imagine Joan Armatrader just being like a gangster? <laughs> I'm lucky. I can walk under ladders. <laughs> Grabbing a hold of Freddy. Get out of here, you slag. <laughs> you you find you find me another podcast that talks about Joan Armatrading <laughs> and wanking and WCW and, and, and I, sometimes I WCW. <laughs> Go ahead, I dare you. Um, <laughs> in um oh in video game news, uh, we're braced for the release of Donkey Kong Country Two for the SNES. Nice it's out this week, and uh, it's a and we mentioned this on the Raw podcast, so you're getting a bit of Dave Javu. This is why. Um, it's Dave Meltzer's cousin, or at least we think okay. we think we've seen him before. Um, but um, this game was made by a younger Rare team who went, why don't we just bin off Donkey Kong and just have Diddy Kong as the lead? And they went, oh, it's wild, let's do it. And they did, and it's a brilliant game. I yeah yeah. They're just I just love. I uh, I I never had a SNES, so like I was oh. a Sega kid, so like I. You were a Saturn man, but, but by one, well, no, I didn't even have a Saturn. By this point, I was uh, still playing on a Master System. No, but that's still a good so machine. I, I had shitloads of games. Uh, it's it's really not. Uh, not when you look oh. back. When you look when you look at it in a bubble, like mm. it was great. Like I had so many games. I loved the shit out of Sonic. Like Asterix games were like some of my favorites. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff on there that I I loved, but I at this point it was like so PlayStation, mm. so PlayStation. <laughs> Because all these kids in school are getting PlayStations. It's like PlayStation. I've completed Asterix three <laughs> times now. I could never complete Asterix and the Great Rescue. The hitboxes were fucking ridiculous on it. You'd get like within a Roman, you'd be swinging. He'd come walking straight through your fist and just bump into you and you'd die. Because if I'm right in thinking, like Asterix had <coughs> quite a low punch. His punches went up, but mm. like the guy would sail through the whole animation sometimes. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Oh, that's just bullshit. Yeah, sometimes he would jump, sometimes he wouldn't. <laughs> bullshit. But the first one, the first one uh, where you can switch between Asterix and Ob I love that one. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Quite really quite chunky graphics. Yeah, I mean, they were, yeah. they were all like, they, I mean, especially those ones with Master System, they were 8-bit. So they were like, well, yeah, really pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, or is it 16-bit? No. No, Master System was 8-bit. Master System was 8-bit. Mega Drive 16-bit. And then you had the 32 come in. Oh, yeah, the old mushroom that clicked onto the top. The Tower of Power, Thomas. Too sweet to be sour. <laughs> Fucking Sega does what Nintendo, including going out of business. <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. <laughs> 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 uh, Raw 2.6, Nitro 2.0, as we've said. Dave Meltzer from The Observer says, it's becoming more and more apparent that the pressure of one-upmanship between WCW and the WWF is causing both groups to book in a manner where there is no definite direction, but that direction becomes a course that constantly changes, and whatever the end result is has little to do with whatever initial planning was. There is a direction. It's the opponent's tail. <laughs> That's all they're doing. They're two dogs in the park trying to get each other's tails. That is what they're doing. Yep. We, we mentioned this on the Raw. And in the middle is just Eastern Championship Wrestling slowly going ah, <laughs> trying to like you know he's like the chihuahua just sat in the middle that's eastern <laughs> championship wrestling just, just yeah. fighting any or is it fighters. no is it extreme by this point when does douglas throw down the title is by now four? it's yeah extreme. now it's extreme yeah, yeah. it's ex this is now extreme i think no yeah he throws the title down in 94 i think yeah, yes, because because at yeah. this point, because this Coraluzo's like losing his shit. <laughs> he's coming out. He's coming at the end of his. He's coming to the end of his tenure in the WWF at this yeah, point. Yeah. Dean yeah. Douglas, he's <laughs> the, the best ever. Yeah, he's yeah. wrapping up in about two weeks' time. He's coming off the road and he's saying bye bye. Um, WCW is taped tonight, as we said. 
Why? Why didn't you know why they're taped tonight? Uh, this time of year, I don't know. They're being uh, preempted by football. No. Other no. sports. No. Uh, You'll I, love the reason why they're taped. Hulk Hogan's doing something. No. Not even Hogan related. Whoa. They're in Japan. Oh, fuck. So on this very night, they are taping a New Japan WCW Super Show yeah. at the Tokyo Dome. And it has apparently flopped at the box office. 7,500 fans attended. A lot of papering in all that as well. Yeah. It was New Japan's smallest crowd for a... Sorry, Sumo Hall. Uh, new, it was a New Japan's smallest crowd for a Sumo Hall show in at least 15 years. That's weird. Whoops. Yeah, I mean, the, the ticket situation over there was pretty confusing anyway. Mm. Uh, hearing about it from Chad, it sounds like, you, you know, only certain ticket outlets sell stuff, but you kind of go somewhere and you buy your tickets. So, you know, when like... I, I don't know how long you've lived in Newcastle, but like when I was mm. a kid, uh, if I wanted to go to a gig at the uni, I would have to go find a set record shop that sells the tickets for that uni. Ah. And so I think with like Wrestle Kingdom, sorry, but I think uh, Chad was like, oh yeah, you can go to a Lawson, like a little convenience store brand. Like they sell the tickets. They have like little stands where you can get tickets. And like, so I don't know if that, factors into it much or whether it's just the fact that japan don't want none of this shy ass american you know could be a bit of yeah a bit. who's chad uh, chad was our translator ah. in tokyo yeah big shout yeah. out to chad big shout out big Grover. chad big chad because the videos of you guys like breaking japan chad saved our ass like, yeah. chad, chad is the absolute man like straight <laughs> up chad is the absolute man can we get Chad on at some point? Maybe. I have no idea. It could be it, nice. The, the time gotta... difference is pretty intense. Mm, I'm sure we might have figured something out. It'd be nice because yeah. we've got a Starker coming up with quite a heavy New Japan uh, oh, little reference there. We'll so. have to have a see. See we'll what we can do. Uh, so uh, the New Japan show at Sumo Hall uh, goes shakes down a little bit like this. Uh, uh, Koji Kanemoto and Shinjiro Otani versus, and, and El Samurai uh, beat Ishizawa, Yuji Nagata and Jushin Liger. Uh, best match on the card, apparently, this one. Yeah, great WCW names running through that entire <laughs> bout. Yeah, they fixed it, thankfully. <laughs> uh, we got Junji Hirata versus Booker T. Yeah. Uh, with Hirata beating Booker after a diving headbutt. Um, scheduled as a tag match, because it's meant to be Harlem Heat versus Hirata and uh, Izuka, but... Uh, just didn't. Stevie Ray got to Ribera and decided he wanted more than one jacket. Maybe. And so he was like, you're going to have to eat every steak in this restaurant if you want two jackets. And he was like, all right, Eric, I'm missing the show. Some say he's still there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Master Chodo and uh, Saito beat Bobby Eaton and Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. Chono making Eaton submit to the STF. Uh, Bad's ring entrance gets a nice reaction. Eaton had a leg injury, so didn't do much in there. Mm. Uh, since Bad is a face and Eaton is a heel in WCW, they did things where they didn't get along as a team. It was said to be okay as a match. Bit yeah. convoluted, maybe. The, the star power is just not really there from WCW at this point, is it? Mm. Like, you've got some names, but not to a point where it's super refined. Like, years later, this would probably have gone down a bit better. Mm, but maybe not like, on this again. Yeah, not not quite yet, maybe. Ricky Chosu and Masa Saito beat the Nasty Boys. Okay. Uh, Fast-paced, good match, so yeah. said. Nicely done. Giant and Arn Anderson beating Shinya Hashimoto and Tadao Yasuda. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a proper lethal lottery bollocks going on there. Giants over in Japan. It's just a row of fucking WCW wrestlers with welts across their chests. <laughs> just going, Don't send me back out there, Eric. Don't send me we back. We need you in the schmoz. Don't send me out there, Eric. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair beats Osamu Nishimura with the figure four. 
Okay. Uh, Flair sold a lot, making him look good. Not a lot of heat, though. People were into the match, but they weren't yeah. massively warm to it. Uh, Tenzan beat Kurosawa, diving headbutt off the rope. This match was not good. Sonny Ono was in Kurosawa's corner, and Kurosawa did a lot of his American gimmick using mainly kicks, which, of course, he doesn't do well, says Dave. <sighs> it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels very much more like a curiosity event than a must-see event. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's it, like, a, well, how's does. this going to pan out rather than, oh, God, they're going up against each other. They save the best two for last because we got Keiji Muto uh, beating William Regal, Stephen Regal, uh, the best Japanese versus American match of the night. Matt wrestling for 10 minutes and then they picked it up for the final six. Nice. Lovely time. That sounds really good. And in the main event, Kensuke Sasaki beat Sting for the WCW US title. Meh. Yeah. Sasaki won the title, celebrated with his wife, Akira Hokuto, and uh, Sonny Ono in the ring uh, with winning, winning with his trademark Northern Lights bomb in 1247. Uh, so, yeah, like you say, more of a curiosity. Yeah. Than an actual kind like, of like not not like not to undersell it as something like a roadside attraction. It's not something where you just you know you wouldn't know it was happening. Mm. But it's very much it feels like if I was in the Japanese audience, it'd be like yeah maybe I'll go. I'm free that night. Yeah, you fancy going get a few beers in? Yeah, or nah busy. Ah screw it. We'll do next time. It just seems strange because we'll get into the show now where we're taped from where we were last week, Jacksonville, Florida, because mm-hmm. everybody's in Japan. I said, and I just, part of me goes, everybody, including the entire paying audience yes, in Jacksonville because they, they got, fucking needed the numbers. They all got flights. <laughs> Ted why, Turner's deep pockets. Why not do Nitro from Japan? Uh, I'd imagine it would have been a logistical fucking nightmare. Um, yeah. Although, you know, the, because I don't know how it works like in this era, but obviously everything would be satellite. And I don't know if the infrastructure was there where it would be reliably able to, you know, yeah, was like, true. I don't know if, say, like Japanese baseball was being syndicated live mm. or whether, so to like, a, say, an American sports channel at like three in the morning or whatever. Um, if that was happening, that which it feels like that should have been around from like the 80s because Japan's bubble led to huge technological advancements. Well, you could download games onto your NES in Japan. Yeah. So like, it, it, but I guess it might have been an issue with, uh, you know, needing the right satellites or it could have just been like, look, that's a fucking logistical nightmare. Let's do this first one. Let's see if we can kind of get lay of the land there and then go. Because mm. would Nitro have drawn a Japanese audience without Japanese names? No, but I don't know whether you could have presented something like this. Maybe not. Maybe not. If they were prepared to do a much smaller venue like Corican, it'd yeah. be interesting because it would be a really small Nitro. But like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't think they could just do Sumo Hall and go, we're doing Nitro, everybody. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe I think too much about it. Bischoff, Mongo and Heenan remind us that at World War Three, the WCW title will be decided by the winner of the three ring Are battle you sh- royal. sure that it's not war games there, Bobby? <laughs> Did you catch that? Bobby just keeps saying war games Does and Bischoff's he? just like, World War Three. Oh. And then he's like, yes, that's right, World War Three. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> the like, same guy that said Saturday night's main event the other week. Yeah. <laughs> and meant Saturday, Sunday morning's main event. You could event. just tell he was just like, well, what the fuck's the difference? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just how quickly he was like, ah, you know what I meant. I we it. open Fucking strong. I, 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 fucking I, strong. I can't even 
Like, there's <laughs> literally no fucking reason for it. We've had, we were debating this last time, right? So last week, last week, we had Hogan hanging out with beach bums. Yeah. And it was a little bit like, is this kind of showing that Hogan's maybe going off the rails, hanging out with some unsavory characters, maybe, if you want to put it like that. And Macho Man's down there checking up on him going, you know, I don't you worry yourself. I know you're really stressed. I'll go fix everything. Now Hogan has just fallen ass backwards into a fucking fancy dress shop. <laughs> And then emerged in, like, the haunted uh, tunnel ride at a, at a fair. Picture this in your mind palace. Hulk Hogan. It's, it's, it starts with, like, growling. I thought it starts on a grave and, and growling. And it's like a panning shot across this grave. And I was like, is this the master back? Because I was expecting, like, but like that. But no, it just cuts straight. It, like, it kind of pans down and pans down and then just goes, whoom, up to Hogan. Because you hear this growling and he's like, oh, my Hulkamaniacs. And then you see this guy in a hood with a mask on, like fucking Zorro. It's like Phantom with- of the Leg Drop, or as I wrote, Zorro, but a politicking cunt. <laughs> and that's a very... And, and Zorro is a good shout because Hogan in this graveyard is wielding a sword. And not like, Why? And not like you know, like a sword fighting sword. Like, well, it, it's obviously a sword a fighting sword because it's a sword, but it's a two-handed fucking giant, like, great sword type thing <laughs> compared to, like, what you'd expect as Zorro. You know, like, you'd expect, like, a fancy little, like, rapier or something. <laughs> like, you know, like a, a very light sword that can move quickly. He's just got this big lumbering fucking thing. <laughs> like Angela off uh, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> this why has nobody cosplayed as this yet? I well this nobody nobody amazing. know what the fuck it is. What's Hogan cosplaying as? I I think he looks like he's got of, shit drawn on his chin. He has that's the other bit. Like lines on his <laughs> Right, I, I tried. I searched high and low. It's like he's somebody just to talk into about like this. It's, it's, sorry, it's like he's just bitten into like a giant cherry pie. Yeah. And it's all just dribbled down his chin. <laughs> like oh. Meltzer Meltzer doesn't reference this in the Observer at all. <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify this with a write-up. <laughs> like, that's it. I can't find. Like, Hogan never talks about this. Yeah. But Hogan woke up that morning and went, "Lads, I've got an idea. You know how I'm evil. What if I had a sword? Have you ever used? No. But last week you were hanging out with like bike beach bumps. Well, I'm now a Dungeons and Dragons character. Swordomania, brother. Swordom and okay. So Hogan in a graveyard wearing a mask with a hood over his head holding a sword says the Dungeon of Doom is frightened of him. Mate, I'm fucking terrified of you. How much coke have you done? Um, he's immortal. He says that Savage is going to bring him the head of Meng on a silver platter. A point that he makes several times whilst wielding the sword. Surely you should have given just- Savage the sword. He stood around with this sword just basically going, Randy Savage is my bitch. He's my boy. Randy Savage is going to go take care of all my enemies so that I can get out there, hit the big boot, hit the leg drop, brother, and then, you know, walk out with the gold. (laughs) Hogan feels a strange presence after what went down with Sting last week. It was where Luger talked him away from the the scorpion. You would. It's a pretty fucking weird situation. But he doesn't know if Sting is on the light or the dark side of Hulkamania. Oh, trust me, neither will we, even after an explanation. <laughs> he's going to find out soon <laughs> if he's with him or against him. 
Um, Hogan reminds Savage to bring Meng's head on a silver platter. And I've just put here, this is absolutely batshit fucking bonkers. Yeah, it, it's it's just, it doesn't have any grounding in anything. It's like, if you're no. going down the route of like, Hogan's going off the rails, then show him in a bar, like, drunk. If you're going down the route of Hogan's, you know, falling off the good path, maybe show him, you know, wrestling with, do I help somebody or do I not? And he just kind of stands there, and you don't know what he does. You got You don't have to explicitly make him like drink on camera or leave somebody being attacked in the street, but you can like show him wrestling with it. You can show him literally stood there, kind of weighing it up and like not knowing with a voiceover or something. But instead, we've got fucking swords. They like it's like they make him literally evil. Yeah, it's rather like than he's, subtly, he's, but I guess evil. I guess you know if if the Dungeon of Doom are evil and they are kind of this weird satanic panic group, and you've got all of this stuff going on, then maybe he's been touched by that evil, and maybe that evil's expressing itself in different ways, or maybe Hogan just wanted to get out there and show some range, and you know he's still got it, Mister Nanny too. Come on, let's get it going. I never even thought of that as a thing. This is this isn't. This isn't a fucking wrestling skit. This is a demo reel. It's an audition. This is, this is, a, this is an audition tape. This is Hogan going, put me in Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, brother, brother, brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine, so it's like, had he, had he been approached about maybe being in the full Monty at this point, would he have just done a scene where he was stripping? He'd have to make sure that he wasn't going to be Metallica's bassist first. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> That's another, oh, the, the many lies of Hulk Hogan. It's just like, I think it was like Lars Ulrich or James Hetfield just like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> if you watch this episode of Nitro for anything, that particular bit of bollocks is worth 90 seconds of your and time. And it's luckily the, 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 the thing that opens the show. So. Start strong. <laughs> you straight in. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We go to our first match of the night. Meng is taking on from the dark side of Venice Beach, California, Macho Man Randy Savage. He's even from Hogan's hometown and now. It's he's not, moved in with the Hulk. That's what I mean. He's 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 he's, he's Terry's little bitch. Uh, yes. But it's not even just Meng. It's Spider Meng. Spider Meng. Because he's got those Spider-Man. he's got the Spider Man eyes that never line up when he's got the hood on, and he's constantly <laughs> like pulling the hood up because it's just moving around too much because it's like a satin robe. 
And obviously it's not got any friction. So every single step he takes, it's just going down. And he's having to pull it back up so he can see through. And then eventually he just throws it off. He just gets bored of it, doesn't bang. <laughs> yeah, this is the tw- second entrance with the Spider-Man outfit. Yeah. I think it probably is. Might be the last. I think it's last. been around for a while because Dungeon of Doom and that. Meng, um, Meng's in the ring waiting. Savage's music hits. Savage jumps through the crowd yeah. to start the match. It's Sneaky, cheating, ran, ran, bow, bandy. That's more dark side and more legitimate dark side than Hogan walking he's around doing, a graveyard with a fucking sword. He's doing, he's doing his dirty work for him. Doing his, he's his little you know, bitch. He's being his little bitch. Little bitch, Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Savage jumps Meng to start off. Meng takes control when he counters an axe handle with a punch to the gut. Jimmy Hart rocks up with a megaphone to mock Randy Savage a little bit. Yeah, and then um, and then Randy gets his shirt torn off. Yes, he does. Ooh, lovely. That's sexy. sexy. Mm, beefy se- boyometer um, ticking over to 11. Hogan very upset that no one's talking about how sexy he is at that very point in time. Meng misses a diving headbutt. Savage sends him flying into Jimmy Hart, who's on the apron. Randy lands an elbow for the three count. And he is, at this point, most definitely about to cut Meng's head off yes. at, as ordered. But he doesn't get a chance to because your favorite runs out. Uh, is that Mr. Luger? No, John Tenter. Oh, oh shit, yeah, Tenter Shark. pops up first. Shark attack, screams so Eden. I was about to be like, in what world do I like Lex Luger? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, so you get you get Tenter out, Tenter comes into the ring, and it's like, oh, that's quite, you know, oh. And then Luger just kind of saunters down, has a stroll. Uh, Luger targets his arm repeatedly, mm-hmm. while a woman in the front row is just trying her best not to get covered in sweat and wrestler juices. Just like, not like that. Uh, but like, you know, she's <laughs> just like liking. got a camera and a coat and she's like, just fucking get away from me, man. <laughs> uh, and it's really funny. But yeah, Luger, Luger is specifically targeting one arm. Commentary's really selling it. You know, Savage is going to be hurt and it's going to be something we're going to play on. The Wrestling Observer will uh, report this as a potential injury to Randy Savage, uh, a storyline uh, bit that's being done to get him out of the yeah. World War Three Battle Royal. That's an it's important. I know we read from the Observer normally anyway for these for these episodes, but that's a very important bit of of something to come. Right, the fact that Dave Meltzer <laughs> has said Savage is legit hurt. This is a storyline out. Should he not? be in World War III. That's yeah. a very important... I'm going to put a very important pin in that. I mean, he's not wrong in a way, because if you were to just use it as speculation rather than fact, mm. uh, you know, when you see an, an angle like this, and if a wrestler's been working pretty non-stop, and they're kind of appearing less, and they're kind of doing more entertainment side rather than wrestling side, and then they get injured, it's like, ah, oh, maybe they need a few weeks off. Seems legit. Yeah. It seems legit. Uh we have a, a short advert for World War Three, and then straight back into the wrestling. Uh, the the as yet uncrowned U.S. champion Kenzuki Sasaki is in action. Yes. Uh, at this point in time, he's getting ready to in the real world to face Sting if he hasn't done so already because of time differences between here and Japan. Uh, that threw me off. They're eight hours ahead of us. They so are. They're yeah. like what? Seventeen hours ahead of the East Coast. Yeah, that proper threw me off this week. My apologies to Thika, <laughs> who will be on Desert Island Graps next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm buggered up times. Wait, no, what? What the fuck was I talking about? They're eight hours ahead of us. Yeah. Buggered up my time. 13. They're 13 hours ahead of the East Coast, I think. 
yeah, it's a, it's yeah. either way. It's a bit a bit difficult time. It's, Some it's a, shit's happening. Time is a construct of human perception. Yeah. Um, Benoit and Suzaki. It's a brawl from the off. Benoit instigating Suzaki taking the lead. Some beautiful suplexes, lovely power slams, and some lovely lariats. This is a I nice bit of a beefy battle. The the only thing I wrote about this was prep your tits, folks. This is going to be a choppy one. <laughs> prep your uh, tits. But yeah, did you hear? There's a point where the WCW ring, the famous brick WCW ring, squeaks in. <laughs> Pain oh. as Suzaki launches Benoit into the corner and it just goes like Eek! there's a lovely it's squeak like, yeah. as it moves about half an inch yeah, just for, <laughs> the power of a Suzaki launching a crippler uh, Benoit gets back into this he gives us one German suplex holds on two German suplexes holds on dragon suplex for three yeah it was you know it could have done with being a hell of a lot longer I would have yeah. enjoyed that but it ticked all of the bish boxes didn't it like it's car crashy it's hard hitting it's exciting because they were moving very quickly throughout uh and you, it kind of left you want to see more mm. and so it's like oh well oh, shit well maybe we'll see it again next time strange booking though because uh, as you say suzaki is about to become the u.s champion the lineal yeah. u.s champion so why have him but lose clean as a whistle they've kind of got it all time-wise a bit fucked though haven't they because yeah. they they haven't yet addressed bobby's connection to the Japanese syndicate of wrestlers that have come in, they're kind of getting there. They're kind of, you know, anybody with a pair of eyes can see the New Japan logo on Liger's shirt. Like, mm. you know, like anybody who saw that knows, oh, these people are, you know, New Japan talents. So, but back then it wasn't as widespread, you know? So it's it sort of, he's going to yeah. go win the title, then what's going to happen? And it's like, we should have maybe explained Bobby... And that relationship first, and maybe had Suzaki win here to then send him into that event stronger. But are many people going to see this super show in That's the US? That's very true. Like we like we forget that like in 1995, you didn't have the 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 ready access like you do now. Like yeah, Dave, you, you could just Valley log in and, and and watch it. Like you no. you had to kind of rely on scraps and little bits from Power Slam or the Observer or whatever. Yeah, so it wasn't so they could get away with you know, presenting things a little bit out of order. Yeah. A little bit out of rhyme. Uh, but either way, that's what, that was a good match. That was yeah. good fun. Good fun little bit of a battle. Exciting. Uh, WCW Pro will feature a segment featuring wrestlers from Japan paid for by Sonny Ono and Bobby Bollocks. Heenan. I forgot we've got fucking, yeah, we've got Pro, haven't we? Yeah, but that only starts this week. Okay. So, so, they, so they are, because I think, we've, because they've got this super show we in have the can. That, we've got that second outlet where we can, break that relationship to the public. Mm. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. It's easy to. Yeah, because it's else just nitro, on. nitro, 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 isn't it? Mm. And also, throughout this match, Bischoff says, Bobby, I want to talk to you about this relationship you've got with Japan. And they never quite get to it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of touched on, and Bobby's like, oh, you'll learn about it soon enough, and all mm. this stuff. So obviously, you know, they were prepping, but I, I still feel like maybe it should have been... It should have been like... It should be a segment in the ring, addressed. maybe. Yeah, or like or, we should have at least had some sort of further addressing of the situation before this mm. so that it wouldn't be completely bewildering when, you know, Sting comes back without the belt. And <laughs> it's like, uh... Well, again, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. If there's already a question mark about the belt here, which is even stranger. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Benoit is facing Eddie Guerrero on WWE Saturday Night. Sting's facing Bunkhouse Buck. <laughs> everybody loves Bunkhouse everybody loves Buck. Bim I tell you, everybody loves Nitro WWE at the moment. Eddie Guerrero. Yes. He's in action next, challenging Johnny B. Bad for the television title. Eddie Guerrero has competed on 8 out of 11 Nitros so far. Yeah, and they're, they're, they do a good job of kind of hyping 
hyping like last week especially it was like well you guys wanted to see more of him so here he is and it, it mm. made kind of makes WCW seem like they take fan feedback into account Eddie is somebody they are starting to feature more and more and more on TV in terms of you know like getting featured moments yes like he hit a massive nice dive to the outside on Benoit last time uh, and it, it's just sort of you know putting him in there with Johnny B. Bad is probably the two perfect guys again to tick all the bish boxes mm, and they do tick a lot of bish boxes yeah uh this was this was a great match yeah again like just good like, wrestling this back week. and forth they were on top of each other the whole time the match breaks down a couple of points and they start just fighting and the referees mm. having to kind of break it up and then you know we're getting closer to the end of the match and it's like oh this is a 10 minute time limit match you know we can't can't really be, and they're you know getting closer and closer to a fall, and then eventually time runs out. I like how um, like they do reference even like how scrappy this gets because yeah. it starts very clean, well paced. They even do one of those complete stop down spots, yeah. and the crowd cheer a little bit. We're not quite conditioned, yeah. for those in WCW. The, the yet. crowd kind of yeah, when it gets a bit off the handle, it's like they're seeing something they shouldn't be seeing a little bit, it feels mm. like they're kind of like, whoa! And then after the match comes to a draw, they just carry on fighting. Like yeah. it turns into just slaps and they're shoving each other and the referee's still trying to break it up. And then eventually, of course, I mean, they're both babyface as fuck, aren't they? Mm. So eventually it's they kind of come to their senses. Eddie shakes his hand and, you know, Johnny B. Bad gets to hoist the belt. That's it. Um, Bischoff describes bits of this match as uncharacteristic because of those yeah. strikes that they have going on. And it is, as as the time limit is expiring, after Guerrero is kicked out of a tombstone, after Bad's kicked out of a tornado DDT, uh, and they do that double cross body, double yeah. down, they're then hoying punches at each other as the bell sounds. Yeah. And then they announce that the time limit's expired, Johnny B. Bad's still the winner. And they do, as you say, they hug. Yeah. And Johnny holds up Eddie's hand yeah. as if to go. And I thought, well, this might be a setup for some things. That, I'm amazed that this didn't just become a full-blown mm. thing. They I never mean, wrestled like, again? Yeah, it, it's like they, they're a good fit. And mm. it's not like Johnny B. Bad really needed it because he was over with the whole gimmick and everything. People still at this point enjoyed it. They still, you know, it was very hokey, the frisbees, the fucking glitter stick, but it, it's it's it was just over. Mm. And I think putting Eddie in there with somebody like that showed, you know, good intuitive decision making because, you know, fuck, they can both go quite well. Make it happen. And they bloody well did. Yeah. Excellent work uh, on commentary. Oh, by the way, there's a bit during the match here. Well, they're obviously commentary is really hyped about this match, but there's a bit where the camera pans to the corner to watch an exchange in the corner. And you blatantly see in the background uh, Mongo, Bischoff, and Heenan all with their backs to the match. Because <laughs> they're watching it yeah, on the on monitors, the monitors. Yeah. with the camera that. And I get it. Like, yeah. It's, it's why I preferred when it would be higher up and like in the stadium or the arena and yeah. it would be kind of tucked away because then one, you got this big, beautiful sweeping shot behind them. Two, you didn't see them like it looking like they were ignoring the match. Yeah. It just looks like they've just got their back turned to yeah. everybody. <laughs> are we ready for some more Hulk Hogan bollocks? Well, it's WCW. Of course we are. Excellent. Do you know what WCW stands for? Well, Christ, Warren. Just it just stands for Hulk Hogan. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's the letters merge to create Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That, like, like it kind of goes like <laughs> Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um Eric Bischoff tells us that Hogan has been watching what's been going down. Okay, so so 
Hogan's watching Nitro tonight. He's been watching what's in going down. In his full ghetto. So in his little graveyard. That's it. So he's sat in the graveyard. Mask, just like... He's got it on a little telly. Maybe one of those battery-powered on ones. Just enjoying the show. Enjoying the show. He's watched... Um, he's watched the Benoit match. He's watched the Guerrero match. He's watched... Two episodes um, of Seinfeld because he just what? really wasn't that bothered he about the last segment. Bored halfway through. <laughs> he's watched Savage versus Meng. He's been watching what's going down and he's decided I want to face Sting next week. Yeah. It's... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Like, Hogan talked about in this opening bit like having... He's got this hit list, right? He doesn't want to fight the giant who took his WWE title from him. Yeah. Doesn't want to fight anyone from the Dungeon Doom. Doesn't want to fight Kevin Sullivan who turned mm. him to the dark side. Doesn't want to fight Jimmy Hart who turned his back on him. Yeah. Doesn't want to fight Meng who has just attacked his friend. Doesn't want to fight Lex Luger who, who turned to, his who, back on who, WCW. Who wants to fight Meng? Fair. See, if you send fucking Savage after <laughs> Meng, I'd say do it. All these get people. Get out there and you get the shit kicked out of you. If you Actually, can just yeah. take him down a notch so he's a bit hurt when I face him, that'd be great. Cut his head off so I can maybe beat him. <laughs> Just brings the head out, I'll drops the leg drop on it. <laughs> Doesn't want to fight anybody who he's got legit beef with. No, babyface Sting, the well, other top face in the company. Is, I've got beef with you, brother. But is he babyface? Yes, he is. We had the whole situation evolving. We've got Luger, and I uh, just to play, you know, the Hogan whisperer. Uh, and look into you know what kind of logic we can draw from it because this is what we do. Well, I admire uh, you when for it makes it. no sense. We kind of go, well, maybe it was something to do with this. Maybe it was something to do with that. Uh, maybe it's like betrayal from Sting that's kind of set him over the edge, or he doesn't know where Sting stands, and he needs at least the foundation of Sting as you know the other big baby face that isn't him or Randy. He needs to know where Sting stands. So and then once he knows where Sting stands, he can then plan to make his move with Sting in his corner, potentially. So you think then... So he's going to face Sting and maybe shake his hand afterwards if everything's all right. But he just needs to see it and experience it. See if he's been touched by the darkness. See if Sting's going to end up sitting there in a Phantom of the Opera mask <laughs> and uh, having a sad wank in a <laughs> graveyard. You would wait and have a sad wank in, in, the, late in the rafters in many years <laughs> to come. Could Hogan not just ring him? Well, Hogan does ring the show. He doesn't ring the show on camera, but later on we do find from me, well, Hulk Hogan was on the phone. And so he has rang up. You know, he's got a mobile. We know that much. He's somewhere with signal. He can't be in parts unknown. Mm. <laughs> what is the signal like in parts unknown? I imagine it's non-existent. As mm. I've said before, I imagine parts unknown is just like a room in Titan Towers. You just kind of walk through a door and then you open it and there's just a desert. <laughs> and then you look behind you through the door you've just walked through and it's just a door frame and it's just desert and you That's can't get great. out. That'd be a great Unless you're like series. summoned. I'd love that. You're like summoned out of parts unknown. That's a great net that's a great WWE Network series. I I don't It'd be amazing. I, I, like an animated series. From the people that bought you Courage the Cowardly Dog. The the animation Courage team the behind the dog lives in Parts Unknown. Even more yeah, so. straight up. Like that's what All I imagine Parts Unknown to be. Just like anything yeah. can happen. It's fucking weird and it's desolate. Yes, please. Yeah. do that. I like how when you go to a website that doesn't exist on WWE.com, a web page that doesn't exist. Yeah, it will show, it will pull up a picture of Parts Unknown. Have Tell you, you what, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Where it's got like the little house and everything, yeah, like the saloon. It's yeah, great, that the is. warrior just stood there in full gimmick in the desert. Papa uh, but like. 
Yeah, I, I yeah. Let's do that series. Can I we get the the original that. animation team from the Men in Black animated series though? Because I saw that in CEX the other day for like three quid on DVD, and I wasn't going <laughs> to buy it. But like, I remember looking at it, I was like, holy shit, I forgot that entire thing existed. I forgot that the Men in Black comics were a lot darker than the films were, and like the animated series kind of carried over that nice, creepy, weird oh, feel. And so, if we can get them on board, if you're out there and you're one of those animators, come on, let's make it happen. Parts yeah, Unknown series. Yeah, I'm up for that. Make that a thing. <laughs> Tom's going to voice Warrior. Absolutely. I'm going to make you say I'm some horrible things. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Capture them on tape. Yeah, and then you, you just... voice Warrior, but specifically only Warrior when he's out doing public talks. <laughs> so, we're, so we're just cancelling me now, are we? That's good. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Cancel me. I'd look forward to the sleep. Um, so no one else, only, only Sting. He doesn't want to phone Sting per se. He wants to take it up with him in the ring. So yeah. that's what we're saying then. Next I, week. I figure he he wants to know where Sting stands okay. before he formulates his plan that relies on everybody else doing the work for him. This so. that's that's because <laughs> you know it's very true. good. You know it's like if yeah. you can get Sting out there to wrestle somebody else, he's gonna do it. Um this is for next week. Again, it comes back to what Dave said in the observer about this desire to pop a, a weekly pay uh, I television. Say pop a wheelie. Pop a wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> John! <laughs> Dude, Dave Meltzer popping a wheelie. It's just Bischoff just trying in a car park for ages. It's like, I will get it. I will get it. And then one day I'll buy myself a motorbike and I'm... then come like two years time, hog wild. And he's like, look at me. I can't do a wheelie still, but I got my hog. Watch me pop a wheelie. Stop it, they bitch. They lower him from the roof on that platform on his bike. <laughs> He's like spinning around. Like how like the car Hogan design like the car Homer Simpson designed. You've Simpsons. seen that, right? You've seen Bischoff being lowered. Oh, on yeah. The, yeah, I was gonna say. He had so much fun doing WCW. Oh, God, he, he, it's like you can't really blame the guy when you look at it in debt, because it's like you're playing with house money and you get to do crazy shit. Yeah. Ultimately it doesn't end well. But like no. yeah, I want to descend from an arena roof on a fucking motorbike. <laughs> do it. If you'd had your chance during WCW WCPW to descend on a motorbike from an arena, would you? I'd probably be too busy cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> you could edit it nice when you finish. You just sat there with the live mixer on a fucking motorbike. Amazing. Like, Camera three. <laughs> Fall off. Just land on my ass like four feet off the ground. Like just, ah. Uh. Computer that, just falls on me. Was there a, was there a, 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 a spot, a, a thing that you wanted to do in your wildest dreams in WCPW that you never got a chance to do? Not really. Like no, I, I was just there to. I was just sort of silly. there to work. No. Like it, it, it kind of. I, I, I never really had any interest in being, you know, out. And among it, the other guys. But I mean, like you sort of put it, like a segment you wanted to see. Oh, put like a together. segment. I, I would have. I would have. Not necessarily loved with you done, involved. I would have loved to have done something where, say, we introduced a new belt. Yeah. Um, and then had somebody. Well, I, there was a whole thing where I thought it'd be really cool if uh, we had somebody come in as like a heel. You have like a manager of a team or something who, or a manager of a wrestler who kind of sides with the other guy or brings in this person to kind of pay, you know, to kind of fuck over his former client or whatever. That person comes in, takes their belt and just fucks off. Oh. And just takes it to another company. And that's it. And then, like, but not a company in the UK, like a company elsewhere, just fucking takes the belt. And it's like, then the story becomes like, well, you fucked us here to that manager and that manager then becomes central 
in this whole like, well, we're going to have to put a team together and go back and get it. That's great. And, and it would to... be like a whole show would it be cross promoted with somebody else. And then it'd be sort of like a, you know, oh, well, we're going to do it. Like we've got to get along in like a Survivor Series way. But you'd be able to do a whole show and then kind of the main event is one-on-one for that title or whatever. I like that. I like anything that involves like a title being kidnapped. Because that way you can have, you know, like both sides can get wins in. Yeah. And we can, you know, further whatever. But I quite like the idea of, yeah, having somebody come in, get the belt and fuck off. Oh, that's cool. And it being this person's fault and it being like, you know, well, you've done this. You brought him in. You brought them in to come and take that belt. Like you've got to get it back. And then that person's now got to kind of do the full switch from being a heel to mega face. Assemble a task force. To... Got to get the Avengers together, basically. Brilliant. I yeah. Like stuff like that. See, wrestling's fun. Yeah, it can be. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be <laughs> It doesn't have to be 1995 WCW. Talking of which, Mean Gene interviews the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> I G- forgot about it. I didn't even make notes on that. <laughs> G- oh, I'll give you the cliff it's notes. The same fucking promo. Is there any point? Pretty much. Gene admonishes Jimmy Hart for his actions towards Hogan. Jimmy Hart is loving life but doesn't know what to do with all these Hulkamania jackets that he's got stashed. Kevin Sullivan says he spent 10 years lying awake figuring out how to end Hulkamania. Honey, are you okay? You've barely touched your Sonic the Hedgehog curry. I just can't think about something about how to defeat Hulk Hogan. God, hun, like this is when my mother and dad came around last week and like you just zoned out the whole time thinking about how to beat Hulk Hogan. She tells him like, off and everything. It's brilliant. She's just telling him off and he sits there and he takes it. He's like, maybe you're right. And then just above him, this giant, kind of like, uh, you know, when Crash Bandicoot levels alone in the neocortex pops up, <laughs> yeah. just this giant Hogan head gently materializes in front of him. <laughs> and only he can see it and it just goes, rent free, brother. <laughs> and just fades back off. And Sullivan's just like, mm. <laughs> Just get his phone. They find his phone is just full of like, like notes yeah. on how to beat I, Hulk I do Hogan. love that the Giants' lines have been the same for roughly six weeks now. Because it's just, oh, I will be the champion forever. Yeah, that was pretty much what he says again <laughs> here. Uh, basically, he's the solution to beating Hulkamania is the Giant winning the 60-man battle royale with cheese. Giant promises to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion forever, forever, forever. While Sullivan pretends to be Hogan feigning an injury. Yeah. Bless them. They have a lovely time. Um, so... D Malenko and Sting. Sting versus Lenky. Uh, is is Sting and Lenky is our main event of the evening. Not a bad main event. Do you know what? I was I don't I was trying I was racking my brain. I was flogging my memory to think whether or not I'd seen a Malenko Sting match before. Well, while you were doing that and thinking about wrestling, I was wondering who the fuck was the guy in the front row in full mask. I didn't see. Him. Like on, uh, so if you're watching this episode back, if you like, watch this match, and you know the entrance ramp where they come down, you have those two kind of smaller skirt sides mm-hmm. where they they make room for the entrance ramp. Uh, it's on that side, so it's on stage side of the ring. But as they're wrestling around the ring, there's just a bloke sat there in a fucking mask, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Who's who's going to do a run in? Who's going to do a run in?" And then the match happens. The match ends. We get the promo and everything, and he's still no running. And I was like, "Oh, it's just a fan, just a guy <laughs> just dressed up." In my brain, going, "It's a big guy. Like, who the fuck is it? They look big. Nothing. He was off a contract by <laughs> the end of the night. Zero payoff. Oh, that's a shame. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go back and see that now. See what he looked like. Um, Sting in this match, whilst the big man watches, 
hits a suplex body slam combo that I've never seen before. Oh, will again. Um, like, I'd never seen it. Like, he picks him up for a suplex. Yeah. Kind of turns it into a body slam. You know? yeah. I don't know whether it was, I don't know whether it was just the way that Malenko's momentum carried him. Yeah, and Sting maybe just kind of he just kind of carried through with it. It looked really nice. Man. Really nice. Good match with these two. Malenko avoids a stinger splash. It's a beauty of a missile drop kick. Then Sting reverses a Texas clover leaf into a cradle for the win. A small package, rather, for the win. These two have lovely chemistry. Yeah. Really lovely chemistry. Sting's in the ring with Mean Gene Oakland after the match uh, because we've had a little bit of a conflab with the commentators for a bit talking about Hogan because, of course, when Hogan's not on the screen, we should be asking, where's, where's Hogan? Hogan? <laughs> and uh, Sting addresses... Um, the the Hogan calling him out thing. He says he never dreamed that Hogan would be knocking on his door. He can let slide that Hogan called him a little dog on the porch. He's really a big dog in WCW with a long list of people that he has already sent packing. And he's looking forward to next week's match. Did you catch what Mean Gene Oakland said? No, I was too Following busy. this bit. I was too busy sitting there going, who's a big boy? Who's a big boy? <laughs> Sting's a big boy. Yes, he is, isn't he, Sting? Are you a big boy, Stinger? <laughs> mean Gene Oakland accuses big boy Sting, big dog Sting, uh, of, of something being awry. Because Hogan says something. Well, something's fucking up. So Mean Gene says... Why did he just piss off after Lugo whispered sweet nothings in his ear? Like, wait... Ah, Mean Gene hits us with that famous phrase. I will quote Mean Gene verbatim. Okay. Well, Sting, if it looks like a rat, if it smells like a rat, and if it quacks like a rat, you can rest assured that it is a rat. Yeah. Mean Gene, where do you live? (laughs) Where the rats quack. I feel like he started the duck thing, realized it doesn't scan, but was already in the flow. Thought, I can't yeah. really work around this without saying it squeaks like It a, was funny. It was funny. It worked. Um, St- asks if Hogan is true and when he, true when he says he smells a rat. Sting says he and Hogan can get it squared away next week. They're going to tie one off next week. <laughs> have a pint next week. Uh, and that's it. So we're kind of hot-shotting Sting Hogan won. Yeah. It's it's sort of a nothing week otherwise, though. Like, yeah. Some pretty good wrestling, but ultimately, you can tell it's a taped episode. Nothing really of consequence happens. It's all just hype and bluster for stuff to come. Because, yeah, it's, as you say, they've just taped a bunch of stuff. They don't want to give too yeah. much of the way of spoilers. Yeah. So they keep the episode fairly... Fairly straightforward. They've got a big Nitro next week with Hogan and Sting headlining. Yep. And then they've got World War Three. So they've got a busy schedule. Maybe there is something to what Dave Meltzer says while he's popping wheelies. That the um, that, that they're booking week to week in order to try and outdo the other. Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> Maybe. It's definitely going to slow down soon, though. Ha! <laughs> I think it slows down in 2001. Yeah, when it, when it meets a fucking brick wall. <laughs> fucking the biggest of all the brick walls. That was Nitro this week, like you say. Uh, a bit of a... It was there, there was some it good was wrestling, but that's about it. Inconsequential. Inconsequential. With the exception of Hogan stalking in the graveyard like a fucking midnight it's creeper like, with it's a like sword. A, it's like a, a go-home... Smackdown for like a B pay-per-view or a C pay-per-view. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, well, there's stuff coming up, you know, on Sunday night, fucking wrestling and that. But the pay-per-view get the fucking network. But it's Baron Corbin doing that promo again. What's Baron Corbin doing in the Impact? Here's a whole clip from last week. 
That's pretty much what yeah. we got, isn't it? Pretty much what we got. Uh, more of the classic Nitro review next week when we take a look at Hogan versus Sting. Numero uno on the podcast feed this weekend. Have you watched Afterlife with Ricky Gervais? Uh, bits of it. I, it's, I've got a list as long as my arm of stuff that I, I want to devote time to to watch. It's Well, the brand new season is out now. The reason that I give it that uh, little cheeky plug is because we're joined this week on Deadline Grants by Ethan Lawrence, Ma. who plays James in Afterlife. And he's a massive wrestling fan. Really? Yeah. So we have a chat about him working with Ricky Gervais on Afterlife. We have a chat about him doing stuff on bad education and horrible histories and his favorite wrestling matches. You're awesome. You you get all the good people. Get all the cool people. Yeah. Get all the cool people. <laughs> we had the spoiler. We had the chat this morning and it was lovely. So you'll hear it on the podcast feed on Sunday and other stuff as well. Me and Matthew doing the Smackdown review uh, ahead of No Way Out 2001. That's on Saturday as well. Anything you you want to? I have no idea. About? You just normally head down into the. I just said back editing. to the editing. <laughs> <laughs> back to your desk. Back to your desk. Until we're next together. He's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Rat card on a trigger. It quacks like a rat. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from.